Hi, so I'm Elena Delosier. I'm at the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, and I cover Gulf affairs and Yemen affairs. And I'm Kristen Dewan. I'm with the Arab Gulf States Institute in Washington as a senior resident scholar, also following uh, Gulf affairs. So we decided today that we would talk about Saudi Arabia's difficult relationships these days, specifically with the United States and Qatar. So let's start with the, the United States. So um, tell us a little bit about what you think about where the U.S.-Saudi relationship is today. It's difficult. Is it going to remain difficult? What do you think? Well, we're just coming off, of course, the issuance of the intelligence assessment on the Khashoggi murder. Um, so this was obviously a very difficult period uh, to get through. Um, I think the U.S. Uh, kind of stated it best uh, quite directly to the Biden administration when they said what they were seeking was a recalibration, but not a rupture. So they've kind of tried to thread that needle by you know, choosing not to sanction MBS directly and to maintain that space for working with the Saudi state, but to try to put some new uh, kind of red lines in place, particularly with the uh, pursuit of dissidents, especially pursuit of, of opposition figures abroad um, by sanctioning, uh, you know, through visa sanctions, some of the people that were involved in that. And also just setting a new tone sort of for human rights is, is still going to be on the table in discussions with Saudi Arabia. Um, I think the Saudi reaction was interesting. Um, they came out pretty strongly in their statement, completely rejecting the assessment, um, stating that it was negative, false, unacceptable, um, seeing it being an infringement uh, on their sovereignty. But they closed up by saying that they they still hope that the relations will will you know be close. Uh, and more recently, they've been really trumpeting the robust relationship that they continue to maintain uh, with the United States, with all of the different partners, you know, King Salman speaking with President Biden, uh, the foreign mm -hmm. ministers speaking, even the finance ministers. So uh, really trying to say and, and demonstrate that, you know, the relationship is still going um, the way that they, you know, continue to cooperate uh, on all levels. So um, I think it's it's just a continuation of a, probably a long time difficult relationship between the United States and Saudi Arabia, but with some some recalibration, I think, with the United States putting MBS on notice that he's sort of under watch at this stage. Yeah. And the U.S. has a little bit of a tricky situation with Yemen because they really want to get Yemen resolved, which means they need to work with the Saudis. So it just adds that layer of, you know, we want to be tough, but we also, you know, this is a country that we need to work with. So trying to thread that needle uh, or it seems as though the Biden administration has been trying to thread that needle. Yeah, the one other interesting point on that is to see the domestic reaction, though. And I, I think this is a new shift in Saudi-U.S. relations is that the society is very involved, too. And I think there was some effort to kind of stir up Saudi society and, and a little bit of anti-Americanism that I see on social media. And, of course, the U.S. Uh, public is not very positively inclined, too. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that more populist side develops. But how about turning to another difficult relationship that Saudi Arabia is wrestling with, um, and that's with Qatar and the um, decision to maybe recalibrate that relationship a bit as well. What do you think about that, Alana? Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. The you know they the countries patched up their relationship in January. What I have found quite quite interesting about watching this is. Uh, first of all, I don't think the feelings towards each other have changed that much, but I think the circumstances have changed where, you know, the Saudis in particular, but some of the other Gulf countries too, have decided that they 
they just can't have the Qatar rift right now. They have other things that they're focused on. Saudi has missiles and drones coming in from all directions. Um, and I think for the Saudis, when they when the upcake facilities were hit in 2019, they sort of realized, oh, wait, our threat is from somewhere else, not from Qatar. Um, even though Qatar, I think they still find quite annoying. Uh, and so there's this patching up um, and what's been interesting for me is to see that the Qataris are now having bilateral discussions. It's not the Qataris and the other four countries together. It's the Qataris with Saudi, the Qataris with UAE, Qataris with Egypt, and Qataris with Bahrain. And the one holdout really seems to be Bahrain. Uh, there's been some, some tensions rising between Bahrain and Qatar lately. Um, so I would say that, yeah, it's, it's papered over. I think there's a real a desire to paper it over, but it is paper and the roots of the conflict are still there and how that sort of manifests itself over the next even decade, I think is the thing that we'll be watching. Yeah, I think I agree with you. And, and the lack of enthusiasm by the other quartet partners is pretty clear. Um, uh, I think uh, Saudi Arabia is the one that decided that there was more urgency in trying to end this up, probably due to economic relations and just feeling that Politically, they probably got what they could get from that in terms of kind of uh, signaling that Qatar is uh, off, off limits and uh, a way to kind of stir up their nationalism. But that's already been achieved. And now the economics, I think, is really the focus. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, thank you for chatting about the golf with me today. Yeah, great to be with you, Elena. Thanks. Bye. Bye.